0: Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. Today is a very special podcast. I have two of the most creative people in town who have collaborated with a new show or a new version of an old show. Uh, They are Joshua Schmidt and Keith Parnham, who are involved in Ball, the terrific show that uh, Tutah Theater Company of Chicago is putting on. It's a Bertolt Breck show from one of his original early plays. Is that it's correct? the
1: very first play.
0: It's the very first play he did, right?
1: 1918,
0: 1919. Wow. Wow. So tell us how you got involved with this. Uh, Josh, we'll let you start
1: out. And tell us what the show is about, too. Well, and we'll speak about this okay. later, but right. uh, I was invited uh, to join uh, this production by Keith Palm and, and Jacob Dukic. Um uh, uh, very early on, Keith has been working with Tuta for years, and he said, "You must come and work with us." And I said, "Absolutely." And it's not often you get a chance to work on this play, which is a very unusual, and uh, it it defies what people are going to expect out of their expectations of what Bertolt Brecht's plays are, because the, as we just as I've just said, this is the very first. Brecht play. And it doesn't, it is, if anybody walking into the show thinking that they're going to see something that is reminiscent of Mother Courage or some of the plays from the 30s and 40s, the later plays when he was uh, a more developed artist, are going to be shocked. Uh, It doesn't fit the form, nor does it fit the the aesthetic conceits of any of his later work he so tried for he tried
0: it wasn't the epic theater then it
1: well it's epic but it is does it it there are he spent years and years trying to rewrite it to fit the way his later plays have their the didactic element the sort of grand idea development brecht never really quite knew what this play was about for him because it is so intimately personal you are getting in the way I like to look at it, this sort of play that's like the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Song of Roland, this very, very ancient sort of poetic journey of experience through a man who is grounded only in his impulses and not any sort of societal norm or quote-unquote moral conceit other than what he feels. And it's like a very young man writing a very... Uh, ambitious play to figure out just who he is and that never changed so So it's it's somewhat autobiographical on many levels and it's very personal emotionally so the things that people expect out of a Brecht play this the this which is uh, mistran it's a translated poorly the idea of uh, alienation the I the idea of this sort of removed quality uh, this is a play that's very inclusive. This is a play that thrives off of the audience's participation in the in the actual telling of this text. And you're not you're supposed to come away in this play with more questions, both personal and larger, than you have answers. This play attempts to answer nothing. It is a celebration. It is a meditation. Uh, a lot of the things Brecht was a very very had a very keen grasp of. what an entertaining entertaining evening should be in the theater, even if it is coming from an intellectual perspective. Um, It has all of those things, and everything that is the germ of his later work is here. But what you have that is different is this incredible level of personal investment and a a very sort of lyrical... uh, text that wants to involve more than it and question rather than it does answer wow this, this sounds like a major event well you don't see this play done very often and you know the way that and we'll get to this i think very shortly this company and this this group of actors and these group of designers that are working on this uh keith christopher Chris who did the sound design uh, Natasha Dukic, who did the costumes, everybody's had a voice, and we've been working on this. You know, even the rehearsal period's been almost two and a half months. Yeah, I know, it's and been the long. and the the talk and the how are we going to do this has been going on for the better part of a year. Wow. So So, um, this has been a very very meticulously thought and thought out process and a labor of love by all. So I. I cannot guarantee that everybody's going to that. It, whatever expectation you have going in, I wish you wouldn't. No, uh, because I,
0: I, you, you've convinced me. That I'm I'm there. I'm here to experience it, what should, theater's really and, all about. And you
1: should. And you should embrace the idea that I'm that a 90 year old play can still bring up very very primal and personal questions. And and this is the company that that has done it in a way that even for me working on it I've learned more than I've learned in a long time so
0: well let's have Keith yeah, tell let's us talk about, about the, the company, company. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and and the process of uh, uh y- before we were on the air you were you guys were talking about the process of how everybody really gets involved
2: so, uh, uh well we start uh, we start kind of you know it starts with the director like there's and it starts with if we're talking about from a design perspective, acting perspective, everything else, like it all starts, it really starts with your director and, okay. and their idea of what theater is and how theater can be and what theater should be and what they want to do. And with Jekyll, the our entire process starts with Jaco. And he doesn't bring an ego in, into the room. He doesn't bring insecurity into the room. Oh, and, wait a minute. A director doesn't bring an ego in? Wow. He. That's... I mean, he has. There's. he has an ego, but it's not... I, I'm trying to be funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not. Compa- it's, there's no. That room is completely open. Everybody's ideas are accepted and embraced. And even if they're challenging ideas, even if they're challenging him, if they're challenging, as a lighting designer, I can speak to an actor. About a note, an actor can speak to me about a lighting cue. Like we, it's a completely embraceive environment. That's not normally done, is it? It's not normally done, and 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 people who first work with us actually kind of freak out a little bit about it. <laughs> They're like, "What is going on in this room?" And it's, but it's because we, uh, it's more like family than it is work. It's more like life. I said that to you earlier yeah. before we were on. It's more like life than it is like work. We come in to have a process and and and. Push ourselves artistically, challenge ourselves artistically, challenge an audience artistically, and but, but there's no separation there. We're all in the room together. Nobody. So you you eventually do get together on all of these. We we how do. You are going to do it once you experiment. Do. We yeah. absolutely do. And and Jeko and Jeko is the director. You have to have a director. He is the yes no person. He is the final say. But the but the way we work is so open like that anybody can speak anybody can bring an idea that whatever whatever comes in the room is not challenged it's embraced and 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 accepted and they're like oh let's try it let's do that let's do this it's got to be a great environment to to work with it's by far my favorite uh, it's amazing <laughs> you said a comment you said earlier about about uh you'd rather be here than anywhere I'd, else no matter I, I, what the I'd money or rather be working in this room I would rather be working in this room with Jaco than than anywhere else that I've ever worked. Like, I, he, it's so free. It's so open and full of love and full of challenge and so personally rewarding. Like, And I, and I, I mean, I had said to you, it's like I don't, I, I personally don't take money from the company. I only put money into the company because it's not about that for me. It's about the survival of this idea. No matter where we're doing it, I don't care if we're not lighting a show. I mean, and as a lighting designer, like I would still be here. I would still be in rehearsal. I would still be in questioning Zico and pushing him and he'd be pushing me and we'd see what we were getting. It's, it's, it's truly like nothing else. Wow. So Joshua,
0: I could see the where you were, you would embrace getting involved in this, right? This, this This, this It's gotta be kind of scary though in a way, isn't it?
1: It's not scary at all. Um, It is a very unique environment. It is not, I think if you went and talked to any of the artists in town the you know all of the great artists that have ever come from this community or emerged for to larger careers have their home base small storefront or small company theater in town yeah. where they have a chance to cut their teeth on a lot of different areas of production whether it be they act, but they also hang lights, or they, they help with the box office, or you, help, you learn a lot about just how things get produced, and you have a chance to really figure out who you, who you are, what you want to do, um, and you don't have necessarily the burden of having to fit in with an, a larger company. Uh, and the, another company's aesthetics. Not saying that any of that is bad, because Keith and I work all over the country. Sure do. And you work a few big time places. And 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 you know and you know there are there are other directors that we work at that, while they might not be exactly the same, they can't be because they don't. It's it, we are. In a company that is comes out of a different set of experiences, but other people do work similarly. Other people do work in a loose confederation of people that is sort you're of their work you, family.
0: You David Cromer's one of them. Well, those
1: David things. Cromer's one. Keith works with Joanna Settle, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, there are there are a number. I mean, there's actually a, quite a large number, and a lot of people. I think when they come to work, regardless of whether you're working in this industry or you're working in Uh, a small business or you're working with any kind of you want to feel like you're working that it's not grunt work and that it's part of a larger better purpose i don't think that's just theater Um, but the fact that we can go out and have uh, work experiences and uh, experiences with different artistic organizations and bring what we learn in in our in our home field into those larger places and bring what we learned from the larger institutions back home is extremely valuable and and then i mean and that's what makes it all work and also the more that we continue to not to work in larger places but don't forget this where we come from it only makes this better and it makes the city a lot more vibrant you guys to testimony
0: to that with, with uh Adding Machine and and some of the great successes you guys have had shows sure. you well, both Keith, worked on that have moved
1: up. Keith and I met on Adding Machine, and uh, we figured out pretty quickly that we were going to like working <laughs> with each other, uh, and that was a very much, very much of a, a family process in which there was not one person on that show who was not uh, working for the this thing that was greater than the sum of any of its parts. Uh, and then we've continued our association with a number of productions, uh, both at Writers' Theater uh, and in New York. Uh, Minister's Wife was one of them. And we continue to, whenever we can, to get a chance to work together, whether I'm just sound designing or something that I've written. Um, and now we have a chan- Now I have had the opportunity to come and work here, which is wonderful.
0: Well, tell us how the, the process in this show worked uh, with... Uh creating the music. You didn't do the, the sound design for this.
1: No, Christopher Chris, okay. uh did the sound design for it. Um, and in the script, there is, we are talking about a man who is completely in touch with his natural impulses and his, and also in touch with the idea that there is a, that everybody has the same end game, which is mortality. And, Brecht writes in the script an awful lot of indications of natural sound, and they refer to natural phenomena like wind blowing through trees or rain or running water, and Christopher has designed a fantastic array of sounds that just seem to emerge from the void that that get us in touch with the natural phenomenon. The music in this play, um, Brecht writes... I mean, in some ways, the plays, as if poetry is music, which it is, the play is one epic song. But Brecht, at times, gives us very specific indications that this particular piece of text is a song. And they're all very sort of encapsulated moments of emotion shared by the performers and the audience.
0: I heard the word hymn being used in the very the
1: very first thing you do when you open any translation of this play is you see this very, very long poem <laughs> called Hymn of Baal the Great. And it's very interesting that the word hymn is used because in some ways this is this is as this is as if it's some sort of quasi religious or celebratory service of a very natural man, uh, man at his com- most common base denominator for all the good and bad that, it, that that is. And that is the story that he's exploring. And he's not exploring it in terms of pure plot. He's exploring it in terms of pure experience. And the cumulative weight of any of us as human beings, when we go from our very early childhood years to being in our early adulthood, and as we go through time, being time the greatest destructive force there is, mm-hmm. um, we learn things, and we experience things, and experience and wisdom change how we behave, uh, and you have two choices. You can continue to be this impulsive person, and which opens you up to a world of hurt, or you can conform so that you don't get hurt, and... And Brecht shows us very much the first, and I think that's why it's so personal. So the music, the music comes f- from those moments that cannot be expressed in in prose or even lyrical expressive text or poetry. They are expressed in that sort of ambiguous world of song.
0: Well, i heard, the only thing I've heard because I'm <clears throat> seeing the show tonight was. The clip of music you have on uh, on the, the, the
1: website. Which is a piece called The Evening Sky, which... Um, beautiful.
0: It's really, really haunting.
1: It's very haunting. The text for that, the only little blurb of text for that show, for that particular song, is um, the evening sky grows dark as pitch with drink or often fiery red. I'll have you in a ditch or in a warm and spacious bed. So you get two things. You get this idea of the natural phenomenon of the evening sky, which is something that eludes, that none of us, no man, can recreate. And you get the idea of this closeness or intimacy through sex, and it doesn't matter whether it's in a ditch or in a warm and comfy bed. And this is how he lives. This is this is the early part of the play, and this is how he experiences his life.
0: So, Keith, as the lighting person and i know i'm not trying to break this down because it's i know it's in the creative process it's impossible but obviously your lighting is influenced
2: by the music oh
0: hugely is is
2: and back and forth hugely yeah hugely well i mean okay so uh, like i said our our earlier our process is a little bit different than kind of what is the uh, stereotypically speaking norm that we that we're working in yeah region like a regional theater mindset it's it's different where it's it's Collaborative and it's open, and we don't walk into the rehearsal process really with any with a lot of set ideas. Like normally, Jaco kind of has an idea, kind of what he's seeing, staging wise, where he sees some exits, kind of like a little bit about a little bit of a general idea about space. Because this is a small space you're in, right? This is a very small space, okay. and uh, on this, it would, the idea was, it, you know, it needs to feel abandoned. It okay. needs to feel empty. And he he kept showing us photos of like abandoned asylums or hospitals, and he's like he wanted a big space that felt like it had life in it, but that had been left to mold over. Okay, so
0: once he gives you the concept, uh-huh. then you do you have to hear the
2: <clears throat> the music then? Well, so what before you so light? I'm trying so, to get an idea. Well, though. so what's okay. okay? So the way I, I'm going to speak for you for a sec. <laughs> so Josh, so Josh, Josh sent us music, and and he had always said to me, he's like, I'm sending this music, and I'm not going to be at the beginning of rehearsal. I'm going to send this music. We're going to get the cast up and working with it. We're going uh, uh, to get them to know what's going on, and then they're going to generate it without me in the room and be able to change it and be free to do what they need to do with it. And Jayco's going to be able to be free to change whatever he
1: needs to change.
0: Boy, that's confidence and, on your part
1: in and, 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 and showing yeah. a, a real team spirit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, hard, but it, it, it's meant to generate results. Okay. You will not feel that this music is imposed upon the show. And you don't feel that it's just something that the actors have to do. They have it, it's not in the show, unless they felt motivated that they had to, that it came from them. And that way, mm-hmm. it generates some. I don't solve problems. I don't feel like I'm just putting something on there for the sake of that it's in the script. But
0: that's kind of a unique style of yours to to do there. Right? There's not a lot of writers uh, from ones I've talked to that will you know once they do the songs they're
1: but they're, if uh, you know I right? mean they're gonna sit there and defend them. Look, I, I've done a lot of stuff where I notate down to the nth degree what is supposed to be going on. This show formally can't take that. And neither can the process. So that's it if you want a certain net result, that's the goal, because that's what's best for the play. You have to put in motion a working environment to generate the correct result. This was the only way. Uh, The music is very Fado-inspired. Fado is the Portuguese, uh, I mean, if there's anything that you can compare it to, Fado is to Portugal, what the blues is to America. Okay. And the word means fate in Portuguese, and there's a very specific performance environment that Fado happens in when it's performed, in which... We're sort of surrounded in darkness with a single light, and the person singing shares an emotion. The audience cannot make any sound, and the the emotion eventually becomes shared to the point where the audience hums a part of the song that they just heard, wow. even if it's not their, the exact thing. Has that been happening in the previews? Well, it's not necessarily, we're not, that's Fado, that's how it's performed. I was inspired by it when I, it got to experience it when I was recently in Portugal. Um, And then I came back and says, well, I think if we're talking about bringing the emotion to the audience, this is where we should start. And it just so happened that most everything that's in, indicated as a song in the text, phrases very similar to how Fado phrases. Wow. So... That was the starting point. Okay. and but, but what you have there, because not only are we running it through the filter of Ian Westerfer, who plays Ball, and this terrific cast, who are all very musical, uh, and the music director, Wayne Parham, but we are running it also, also through the filter of Keith will say, I think this music should go like this because that's the way that the lighting environment is around it. Or I'll get notes from Natasha or I'll get notes from Chris and of course, Jake will have ideas about how to move it forward as well. And when I, when I came into the process in stages and in steps, it's almost like I was hearing something. Even though I wrote it, I was hearing something for the first time. Wow. That's got to be a, it, an interesting experience. It? Well, it's exciting. Yeah. And that's what's cool about it. Back to
2: Keith. And Keith, so everybody's involved. So you're, <laughs> Yeah. So you're kind of you're uh, influencing the music too. Yeah, it's yeah. so so that's so this is where we started. We started with this wow. play that is dense and difficult to read, and we started with why no one with, does it. Yeah, with with initial music and 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 we go in and Jekyll had a couple of ideas, and then we walk into a room and we bring actors in and on this show. We did several days of. Just book reading the script and and we had gotten to the point where it's like okay we had a shape of the set and and then Jaco just starts rehearsing and and from there comes the majority of decisions I mean he said two things early to me that inspired me for lighting ideas and one was the abandoned space which gives me certain lighting ideas of sun coming through windows and holes and stuff like that and he had said also rock and roll and he had said and and like a rock and roll as in he used Nick cave as an example um, which is rock and roll but it's also bluesy and religious and dark uh, and so those are the two kinds of things that really like I was like those were the only things I had walking in the rehearsal room I didn't have any decisions made I knew we were in the Chopin basement so I knew the limitations of that space Yeah, you got pillars and stuff yeah exactly to look around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so but so then we walk into rehearsal room and what Jekyll ends up doing is he takes a cast and he builds a framework with that cast of he doesn't walk into the rehearsal room with decisions made it's we start with book reads, and then they, they improvise for nights on end. They improvise scenes. They improvise voices. They improvise movement. They get they sit down. They stand up, not necessarily from his direction. He's It's almost as if he's ring-leading, this improvis, improvisation. No wonder I've heard
0: such big buzz
2: on this show because a number of the the actors, I've heard stories yeah. about some of the things that have gone on and, and how
0: excited they are about and, the show. And,
2: Well, and what you find when you do that is you find things that work instead of trying to apply – Your thought process to a play that may or may not completely work and you have to figure out how it works you actually kind of organically start with the play and build from it like this word inspires me to do this this line inspires me to do this like and that's how we build it and that's why we don't walk in with any preconceived this is what it's going to be and then and then I and then once kind of some stuff gets up on its feet, we come back in and I'm I'm in the rehearsal room a lot and a lot of the designers are, are all the designers in the rehearsal room a lot and we kinda see what they're doing and then we start making decisions we, we see what they're doing, we feel what they're doing, and we react to what they're doing and we're like, Well what if we did this? Or what if that actor did this or what if the design does this? Or oh that doesn't feel rock and roll at all. That feels like this. Okay, well that's completely different. But but because it comes from the play, not from an idea, you just embrace it instead of fighting it. You, you, you go, oh, and you take it and you kind of, like, layer on top of that. and You try and build it to another place. Wow. Sounds exciting.
0: Uh, Joshua, talk to us about how much you had to adapt uh, the music or the arrangements for the actors, for the singers.
1: Well, we were we had the benefit of an extremely musical cast where almost everybody in, in the cast plays an instrument uh, or has or sings. And you have varying, I mean, between Ian Westerfer, who plays several instruments, and Peter, uh, who plays uh, many instruments and is a wonderful songwriter, and Ben, who can, all these people can play just incredibly, like very well.
0: Yeah, when I saw the cast list, you, you had the top.
1: But you know, we we that actually Wayne and Ian sort of went made choices that incorporated many more instruments than we use. In terms of experimenting and trying to find out what timbres work the best, what kinds of instruments, what kinds of qualities, and then, oftentimes, my role in this was I came in, looked at it, and simplified and made people comfortable so that they could invest more completely into the material so my role of if and that's why I held off being in rehearsal purposefully so that people wrestled with things difficult and then when I when I walked in I had an understanding of what people were more comfortable or less comfortable with and in order to do this play well everybody has to believe and every behind every word everything that they're doing and everybody has to be fully invested and you just simplify and streamline and clarify so that everybody is in that position now there's a lot of music this is a play this is not a
0: musical it's a play with music well how you would know you classify, or is it a it, unique hybrid
1: no it's not nobody i don't think brecht i don't think unless you're walking into something where i'm gonna where you say this is what i'm going to write the what he wanted to write was a very long epic poetic piece that has with with that has a lot of variety in the different kinds of scenes comic scenes, series scenes, monologues, music. He writes a full evening, and a full evening for him included music and i don't he's this is play like I said, comes from late teens nineteen eighteen nineteen nineteen. The definitions of what what the American musical theater or even a European musical theater opera it was opera vaudeville
0: it was pretty much operettas. Uh, well it was lo- all
1: sorts of things were going on. you can't the there is no one way if you are actually in tune with the full history of how anything in the theater develops formally to nail anything to the wall is one thing or another. We can only in in the rear view mirror sort of say. Well, this piece represents the pinnacle of this kind of form. So, as, you, as one moves forward and pushes boundaries, you're bound to create something that is inclusive of anything that you've experienced. So, you think you've broken new ground in this? I'm, I'm saying Brecht did. Brecht did, okay. And Brecht broke new ground in a way that, for the rest of his life, he never quite figured out exactly what this play meant. Nor could he make it fit the rest of the canon. So it... And I think that's a very important thing and it's something that we try to understand what was he after. And we have to be faithful to that before first and only in the clarifying of what he was trying to reach at can we actually do something that's very interesting. Otherwise, we're just sort of... we're We're not doing the play. We have to... We come out of it with as many questions as an audience member would. And that's what's cool.
0: Yeah. That, that, and, and how rare that is. Real rare. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I just can't wait to to see the show. And I think you have you guys have given a, a a great teaser to the audience. They have to see this play. Absolutely. A little commercial for it. It's at?
2: Chopin uh, Theater. Okay. Uh, what days are you running? We're running Thursday through Saturday at 7.30 and Sunday at? I'm at three. Three, okay. <laughs> uh, and we're running. We open tonight. Yeah, it w- Thursday, May twentieth. May twentieth, right? And we're scheduled to run until June twentieth.
0: Well, let's hope this, this show uh, gets
1: legs. You guys, you guys know what that's about. <laughs> yes, but that, but what we want is that we we hope that people come and experience this play, and that's and before we even think about this, we're just trying to get it. We're trying to do the best. We're trying to get it done. So, so, but yes. um,
0: Folks, it's, it, it, you can tell the creative process at work. This is, uh, this interview is uh, in the afternoon of the opening night. And I, and I can hear a little bit of nervousness. No, we're not Uh, nervous,
1: but you know, I, I think anticipation. We, we just, I think this is one of those plays where you just keep working on it in one fashion or another.
0: Okay. Well, I just can't wait to see it. And, and uh, we went a little long on it, but that was great because you guys had a lot to say. But I have a final question for you guys. Tell us a couple of the shows that you are most proud of that,
2: that you've been involved. You guys have had a terrific oh. run over the last yeah. few years. I'm proud of a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, at, uh, I was sitting next to you adding machine just jumps out of my head because okay. it was a spark for new relationships. uh, uh I'm really proud of the first show I ever did with Tuda, which is called The Hour We Knew Nothing of Each Other, um, which is a handkey piece with 200 people and no words, 200 characters and no words. Um, uh, I'm also really proud, the one show that always sticks out in my head is another, it's another Tuda production called Rules for Good Manners. It just sticks out in my head. Um, Go.
1: (laughs) Obviously, we met on Adding Machine. Machine. yeah that, it was that was that was sort of that that experiences like that don't come along often, and we went whole hog into it and we learned more than we thought we'd ever <laughs> learn on a project um you know since then we've worked on crime and punishment we've worked on savannah disputation, we worked on a minister's wife, which I think was fantastic thank you very much uh, and we continue to work on minister's wife uh and uh, this, I would have to say that coming into this play, I can fairly with for certain say that this play opera, operates in that special realm too. But, you know, anytime you get a chance to work with people that you have this, for some reason or another deep understanding, and yet still, you know, the freedom to agree, the freedom to disagree and figure, and just keep getting better, and you have, you find that... in another person or other people or other groups of people you all those projects are special so. Yeah. well
0: you guys have really explained what the creative process of of theater is
1: is about good we'll have to listen to the interview yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and 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 I, and I rarely hear that we talk about you know the scripts and so forth but uh you should be very proud and we can't wait to see the show and folks thanks for listening and remember go see a play this week